Welcome to The Brendan Burns Show. I'm Brendan Burns, and I interview and share the stories of high performers, happiness engineers, and people who have created the life that they deserve on their terms. I sit down with speakers, pro athletes, and entrepreneurs from all over the world who have chosen to live a life of fulfillment and joy instead of status or money. In each episode, we share actionable strategies that you can implement in your life, plus inspiration along the way. So come join me for this episode of The Brendan Burns Show. I currently live in Atlanta, Georgia, um, and I'm originally from Reno, Nevada, um, in the Sierra Nevada mountains. So I miss the mountains a lot, but I like it out here in Atlanta too. Um, and I basically have always been destined to work in the health, health field in general. Um, and I think that probably comes from, since I can remember, my mom used to tell me that I was going to be a brain surgeon. <laughs> and wow. uh, I'm not, by the way, but uh, I basically thought I was going to be until I started college. Um, so I've always been really interested in health and medicine in general. Um, and then when I started undergrad, I got the opportunity to work for a physical therapy clinic um, as a physical therapy aide. And, um, and from there I decided I was going to be a physical therapist. And so I did my undergrad in that, um, in health ecology, which is pre-physical therapy school, um, what you do. Um, and while I worked at the PT clinic, um, all through undergrad, I really got into fitness and wellness and nutrition. Um, and I was working with a lot of athletes and all of my colleagues were runners, and so I, I really got into running and really trying to figure out like how I can optimize um, my running and start competing um, in running competitions. Um, and then when I graduated uh, from undergrad with my health ecology degree, where I took all of you know the general um, health science stuff anatomy and physiology, exercise physiology, kinesiology, um, all the biologies and organic chemistry, all that stuff. Um, and so I really got an understanding of the body and how it works and what happens um, when you do different things to it. Um, and so little did I know at the time, um, by doing the things I was doing with nutrition and exercise, I was actually biohacking and didn't know it because the, the term hadn't been coined yet. Um, but basically what I was doing. Um, so from there, I graduated from undergrad and I was going to be a physical therapist. And, um, and while I was applying for PT school, um, my mom had almost died because she had an overdose on opioids. Oh. And by now, thank goodness, um, and recovered from that. Um, but it really made me take a step back and pause what I was doing. And, um, and I decided I wanted to have a greater impact on, on the field of health in general. And I saw that there are a lot of issues with our healthcare system. Mm. Um, so I wanted to contribute to like a systems level change in, in healthcare. So I decided to get my master's degree in public health. And, um, 
And my goal was to work for the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention because I thought I could make the biggest impact there. Right. Um, so I finished my master's program, moved to Atlanta, started working for the CDC. There are a lot of steps in between that, but anyway, we'll fast forward there. Um, and so I've been in Atlanta for three years now working for CDC. Um, so you and moved to Atlanta, that was for the job primarily? Yes. So the, oh, I thought the, you were like born and raised there. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm a Reno girl. <laughs> <laughs> a what girl? A Reno girl. A Reno girl. I have a yeah. funny story about Reno that I'm going to tell you in a minute, but keep going. You know what's funny? Everybody has a funny story about Reno. <laughs> <laughs> How does that make you feel as someone from there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I've been here for three years. Um, and then when I first um, moved here, I was um, shocked by the traffic problem here. Mm. And so I ended up spending a lot of time commuting in the car. And um, the type A personality that I am wanted to uh, use that time for something. Mm -hmm. So I started listening to like a ton of podcasts. And yeah. one of the podcasts that I listened to was the Bulletproof podcast by- Is that by Dave Asprey? Yes. Yeah, okay. Um, and that podcast like blew my mind because it was basically everything that I already did and more. And it, there was a term for it that I learned biohacking. And it was all about, it was like doing things that are based in science, which is totally my jam and um, like optimizing your life and your health and your fitness and everything through what we call biohacks, which are basically anything you do to your biology um, that changes it and also makes a positive change in your life. Um, and so then I started learning about all these crazy biohacks that are above and beyond <laughs> what I do. And yeah. I started trying out stuff and really I was like shocked by the, the quick results that I had on a lot of this stuff to become like a higher performer and like get things done and have laser focus. And people at work would be like, how on earth you get so much done in the first like few hours of work and it's because of you know the biohacks that I do mm -hmm. um but anyway uh so I it that really like changed my perception on what is possible um from humans in general and um and became really my passion I ended up spending all of my time outside of work researching and trying out different biohacks um, and then people were interested in it, um, on regular social media. So I decided to create a page dedicated to biohacking and, um, and that was my bio curious page that I came up with. And, um, since Which then, deceptively really named when I first got a friend request from you on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I thought it was kind of a, a funny, a no, club it's, it's a great, great yeah. play on words. It's, it's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's where I am now. And, um, I'm really just, I love taking all my areas of expertise and my passion for biohacking and wellness and health and fitness and, and combining it all and sharing it with people. And now I'm, because of you, thanks to you, I'm going to monetize that. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're definitely going to do that for you. Um, I, I'm going to tell my Reno story and then I have a bunch of questions from what you were talking about. Okay. So I went to Reno, I was probably like six or seven years old. I was with my grandparents 
they, uh, they're huge travelers and they, I was so grateful that they took me all over really the world when I was very young, which gave me, gave birth to this Brendan passion for like going to the Great Wall of China and Tokyo and all over the world. But we go to Reno and we're in the airport, which as I'm sure you know, well, at least when I was there, I don't know if this is still the case, but they have slot machines all over the airport. Oh yeah. What were you going to say? Oh, it's tiny. Oh, it's small. Yeah. Small airport. But yeah. I remember a lot of slot machines. Yep. And my grandparents are pretty, they're pretty moral, like kind of boring, conservative, like good. These are the grandparents you want, you know, like they're there to teach you lessons and, you know, eat healthy and do all these things. And so I see, I, I see the slot machines and I'm like, I need a quarter right now. I, I have to play. Yeah. And, and they're like, it's illegal. You know, you're, you're under 21 or 18 or whatever. And they're also like, gambling is like a terrible habit, Brendan. Like you can never win. It's, it's a, you wait, you lose money. Now you should never gamble. And my grandpa smiles and he looks at my grandma and he's like, this is a perfect learning opportunity right here. We're going to give him a quarter. He's going to lose it. And then we're going to teach him that gambling is really this bad thing and, and he'll grow up and he'll never gamble. So they give me the quarter. I put it in, I pull the machine and it's like $1 time, $2 times, $3 times, boom, 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 boom. And it was like $150 in quarters just starts coming out. And I grab a big cup and it's like ding, 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 ding. And then like the first cup overflows. So I grab the second big gulp and the ding, ding. And all these quarters are around me. And I'm like seven years old. And I look at my grandparents. I was like, this is amazing. I'm going to gamble so much for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but I don't really, I don't gamble at all now. So it's funny, but. That's my Reno story. Well, let's go back to you. Um, yeah. Crushing it with food, health, wellness, biohacking. Um, a lot of people eat healthy and just do this early on, and then they grow up, and they're like, this is cool, and I'm going to spread it. There are other people like me who ate really poorly growing up. I lived on the Dunkaroos diet, and they ate all that processed food. And then it was so like refreshing and amazing to reinvent how I live and eat. And like, I was like, I wish I knew this earlier on. There's also, yeah. it's a spectrum. Like, where were you growing up? And then when you discovered all this, was this an aha moment? Or you were just like, oh, I've been on the right path? No. So I, like you, I grew up on the hamburger helper diet. No. Uh, so hamburger <laughs> helper, mac and cheese, hot dogs, um, yeah. a wonder bread, um, yeah. all of awesome things. And um, I still crave hamburger helper now and again, even though I know that's disgusting. But, um, so yeah, I came from no knowledge of nutrition or like from my family life, I didn't come from any like education in health or anything like that. In fact, I'm the first one from family to even go to college. So, wow. so everything I learned, I learned through colleagues and, um, friends and, um, and school and then I just applied it to my own life and then every time I made a change in my nutrition um, I got really good results as far as like how I felt how I was able to perform as an athlete um, as just mental performance um, and so um, and so I took I kind of took what I learned which I've really followed mostly if you want to put a label on it, it's mostly the paleo diet, but okay. uh, I would say it's really uh, like three core principles that I think anyone could really follow, which is one is um, 
cut out all processed sugar. You just don't need it. Garbage, it causes inflammation and inflammation is both the cause and result of every chronic illness. Um, wow. Yeah. And so sugar is just bad. Also, if you're trying to lose weight, um, everyone should know that sugar stores as fat more than actual fat does. So yeah, because yeah, fat's actually better for you than sugar. Exactly. Yeah. So um, yeah, if you're trying to lose weight and you're on like a low fat diet, you are going about it all the wrong way, especially if you're still eating processed sugar. Um, mm. So that's one, no processed sugar. The other one is um, try to eliminate all processed and prepackaged food in at all. All that stuff is really full of chemicals and preservatives and toxins that are just poison to your body and are really going to hinder your performance in general. Um, and the third is um, as far as calories go, I'm, I've never been a calorie counter. I know some people need to do that. Um, for me, I don't, but I go by what, how my body feels and what I feel like, you know, I eat until I'm full. Um, but that also is tied to having to eat consciously. Um, but in general, you want to number, like, let's, let's reformulate the food pyramid. So your biggest category and your most calories should come from high quality fats. Your second category, um, middle uh, number of calories, should come from high quality protein. And your third category um, should come from uh, your carbs. And hopefully that's you know fruits and vegetables and things like that. Um, and in general, you always wanna eat your food closest to the source um, and as fresh as possible. Wow. That's really, really helpful. And I just want to go back to what you said about the processed sugar. So did you say that processed sugar is the cause of inflammation and inflammation is the main cause for chronic illness? Yes. Wow. So what does that mean? Like, like, cause a, a chronic illness, does that include mm -hmm. chronic pain or is it chronic diseases like internal body, both? All of the above. So everything from like fibromyalgia, um, and, and other, um, autoimmune diseases to cardiovascular disease, to, um, uh, diabetes, to, um, you know, even cancer, um, inflammation is the common theme in all of these things. Um, and, and especially if you think about, um, autoimmune diseases, it really makes sense because that is your body's immune system attacking itself which then um if you think about it like your immune system if you scrape your knee or something um or like hit your knee on something it swells up and the reason why it, that inflammation is coming from your lymphatic system is sending all of your resources that your body has to heal that area to that area to try to fix it and so you get a lot of swelling and inflammation but then it causes some issues in that area you know you get bruising and pain and things slow to heal and that sort of thing so it makes sense if you think about it in that way but that is happening throughout your body in all of these chronic disease areas and sugar is proven to cause directly cause inflammation in your body wow so I know like I'm not going to add sugar to stuff. I'm going to try to eat less sugary things, but other than like candy, like what are some common foods to avoid that are, have, are filled with processed sugar and just general like mistakes people make of maybe things that don't seem that bad, but are filled with processed sugar to avoid them. 
yeah so um uh one is um look at your dairy in general like they add a lot of sugar to milk and to things that you wouldn't think because they don't taste sweet but they're full of sugar so the more processed your food is the it's very likely that there's a lot of sugar added um you know a lot of people think that and i think we're moving away from this but a lot of people think that juice is a good source of like fruit. oh yeah juice orange juice is like so bad for you yeah and because it's not one it's not actually juice it's it's a orange flavor with sugar and even with it, just fresh squeezed orange juice, you're better off eating the full orange because the fiber is going to move that sugar through your body and it's not just going to sit there and store as fat. Yeah, that's why, I mean, even if I'm juicing, I, I, move, I mean, I'm sure like green juicing is good for you, but I go green smoothie and just eat, mm-hmm. get all of it, get the fiber and everything out of those things. Yeah, that's the best way to do it. And I do, I do both. I still do some juicing, some... Yeah. Uh, smoothies um, mostly just because I think juice tastes good in the morning and you know like grapefruit is a really nice thing to have in a juiced form so yeah yeah awesome so you were talking about podcasts earlier other than the Brendan Burns show of course and my number one (laughs) and the the, um, you mentioned Bulletproof do you have any sort of go-to podcast that you recommend for people Uh, I, I would imagine like probably focused in this space but just in general, like for people out there looking for other topics and shows to check out? Yeah. um, So for like, if you want something where it's like more spiritual and um, like really good motivation and something that will just like lift you up and remind you to always follow your passions and also kind of cover some of these science biohacks and stuff that support um, health. Um, is there's a podcast by Shaman Durek. That's, um, it, it's a really cool one. Um, and then another one that's kind of inspiring for, um, for people trying to start their own businesses or be entrepreneurs um, is the Rise podcast. Mm. Um, I really like that one too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've seen that. That's cool. Um, now, question, uh, mm-hmm. slightly off topic, but I do uh, a lot of coaching, believe it or not, uh, uh, with people who are either currently addicted to substance, alcohol, drugs, or previously were. Um, if you're open to it, uh, mm-hmm. I would love to hear the story about what happened. You mentioned your mom had yeah. some, some overdose situation. Yeah. Um, so actually, this is what caused me to get involved in public health. I come from a family that has um, a very severe history in depression and anxiety and addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, addiction is prevalent in my family from all sides. Um, my my father, who um, I was raised by my stepdad, but my, my biological father um, had an alcohol and drug addiction. My mom never had anything when I was growing up, but um, I guess once, you know, the kids left the house, um, everything probably that she never dealt with, um, as far as like her mental health, I think came up for her and she didn't know how to deal with it. And was also going through a lot of health issues. She has both, um, total knees replaced, total knee replacements. She's had neck surgery, all kinds of stuff. And so because of that and, um, and her mental health issues, she ended up being addicted to opioids 
and um, actually hit it very well. None of us knew and until she overdosed and then we were all shocked to find out that she had been doing this for years um and so um so yeah addiction is it runs rampant in my life uh unfortunately um and so for me i know that i have to take care of myself um and my mental health because i'm prone to that um genetically and you know in in the way i was raised and so I do things actively to not let that come up in my life. Wow. First of all, thank you for sharing. And I'm sorry to hear that about your mom and, and your dad and your family. Yeah. Um, it, everyone's working through it though. And, you know, um, it's been helpful for me to get education in, in health and wellness in general, because I've been able to support my family members who struggle with this stuff and, help them kind of get through some of this stuff. But it also shows me that with, you know, certain interventions and lifestyle that you don't have to go down that road just because your genetics say so. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's so interesting because in my background, my past, um, my family had a lot of depression and addiction too. Mm -hmm. um, like your mom, my family hit it really well. So I grew up thinking everything was fine. Um, my stepfather was, was addicted to a lot of different things. He was, just had this addictive personality where he would go from buying things to alcohol to drugs and ultimately wound up in rehab for alcoholism and was disbarred from the, uh, couldn't practice law anymore. Mm. Uh, so it was pretty severe. And, uh, and it was interesting because, yeah, on my own journey, I've found that certain activities that I have an addictive personality and starting with drinking and moving to uh, alcohol or starting with alcohol, then food and then travel and like things that I wouldn't think of like social media um, beca became like a little bit getting out of control. And then I realized, okay, I need to slow it down. And so studying addiction is what got me onto this path. And then ultimately being able to coach other people on it has been really rewarding. So, uh, so thanks again for sharing that. Yeah, that's awesome and really interesting to know that you do coaching on that. Um, and, and, you know, um, at CDC, one of our big initiatives right now is the opioid epidemic. And so it's been really cool to, um, to kind of be involved in that. Yeah. And, and the other thing I was going to mention is my coworker from my last job, um, like your mom, hit it really well. And I would go to the gym with him. We would lift weights and run and talk and he was like oh yeah i just went on this date and i hooked up with this girl and i was like oh this guy is like really inspiring <laughs> and fun and 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 then one day boom just um he died he overdosed and it was like i had no clue i was totally shocked yeah yeah and it 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 affects so many more people than you think actually um my brother, my older brother died last year as he wasn't didn't die from his addiction but um, at, in the end, yes, he did because all of the, the damage that he caused to himself by partying hard for, you know, maybe 15, 20 years of his life, um, caught up to him and he had heart failure. So, um, so I've definitely dealt with that. And I've also, um, had lost friends to, um, both suicide and overdose, um, because of their addictions. So. Wow. Well, I'm sorry about your brother and, uh, I never would have known this. I mean, from our group calls and from Instagram, like you seem like the most positive, motivated person. And let's use this as a transition because 
Um, one thing that really st stood out to me that you said earlier that I'm sure listeners and watchers are really curious too is what you said about how the biohacks have allowed you to be so productive in the, say the first couple hours of your day. Mm -hmm. And I've done certain things myself where it's like seven o'clock at night and I feel like I've already done two days worth of stuff and I'm like, all right, what am I gonna spend the next four hours doing before I go to sleep? This is amazing. Yeah. So how, how have you created that? Yeah, so um, the first thing and my favorite biohack and the one that I will never give up is um, a lot of you might have heard about the bulletproof coffee, which is basic or fat coffee, what it, people call it different things. Um, so basically what I do is um, in the morning I put um, in my coffee and instead of having breakfast most of the time, um, I will have um, in my coffee I blend up MCT oil which is um, medium chain triglycerides, um, which are derived from coconut oil, and, um, and uh, grass-fed ghee. And, uh, I think it's important to get grass-fed um, because there are certain nutrients in grass-fed um, ghee and butter and dairy in general that you don't get from grain-fed cows. Um, and so, and also grains cause inflammation in most people. And so if you're eating cows that ate grain, you will still get that. Um, mm. Side note. We're but, not, we're not, it's like not just what you eat, it's what you eat eats. Exactly. Second, yeah. le second level. Yes, yes. So we can go down in a long rabbit hole on all of this nutrition. <laughs> we'll stick to those main concepts that I covered. Um, yeah. In general, yeah. So the, the Bulletproof Coffee, um, it really just gives you laser focus. And the reason why is because your brain is fueled by fat. And so that is what is going to, um, to sustain your mental focus and feed it and um, help you to be like very productive. Um, so that has been my big secret. But also if I pair that with like intermittent fasting where I don't eat my last meal of the day or I eat the last meal of the day around eight, and then I don't eat again until about one o'clock the next day. But so like the I still, 16 eat type stuff. Yeah, but I still have. I don't. I don't believe in not like cutting out calories altogether in that because I don't want to starve my body. But I. So the only thing I have in that in that um, fasting period is my fat, which is in the coffee. So I fast from um, from protein and carbs, but I still have the fats, um, which fuels my brain, which is the most important thing. Interesting. So you'll do like a 16 8 night fasting, but during the 16, you will ingest fats. Yes, exactly. Got it. Okay, cool. So, so we're talking about biohacks. You, you mentioned the bulletproof coffee or the, the fat um, coffee. Uh, how, why don't we just talk about morning routines? Like what else do you do when you wake up? Like what's your morning routine like? Yeah. So um, my, my morning routine usually um, includes working out first thing in the morning um, when I can because that gets my day started. Um, and then if I pair that with my bulletproof coffee right after, then I am like on fire for like four hours. You're just unstoppable. Um, yeah. And people are like, people get mad because they come into work at like, you know, nine or 10 or 11. CDCers are like late comers to work. And, um, and they're, they have like five emails from me already and they're like, you need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I also like to, um, 
I like to set my intention for the day. And so um, whether it be going over like the, the maybe three main things that I want to achieve that day. Um, but more important than that is that I want to remind myself what is the motivation behind wanting, needing to achieve those things. And so that's either like my long-term goal or vision or my passion or whatever it may be, but reminding myself why I do what I do um, is important in the morning. Um, and I would love to do a whole slew of other things in the morning, but um, I end up doing a lot of the morning routine things in the at night before I go to bed just because of timing and having to go to my regular day job and all that. Um, so at night, I like to do my gratitude practice and like journaling. Um, and then I also try to get in like a little meditation, which is usually only like five minutes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. It's better than nothing. I did, yeah. a, I did a five minute meditation to uh, this new chant. It's like an Indian chant, like Om. Something. It's, yeah. am it's amazing. And just put my feet up on the couch, uh, like lying flat on the ground. It, it was amazing. That's awesome. Have you ever tried a Kundalini yoga? Yeah, so this was actually taught to me by a Kundalini yoga teacher and meditation teacher um, yeah. over just over this past weekend. Oh, cool. I'm pulling it up now. It's actually in Mastery Academy. Oh. Um, so you have access. It's If you go to the meditation library at the end, mm -hmm. you go to meditation music, it's called Om Namah Shivaya. Yeah, okay. It's I know jam. that. Yeah. Oh, you know it. Yeah. Yeah, well, cool. I don't know probably the meditation itself but yeah yeah very cool so so we're talking we got the, some morning routine stuff we got some evening gratitude and journaling this is amazing just going back to like the straight sort of food fitness biohacks mm -hmm. what are your other top moves um but we talked bulletproof coffee 16 8 fasting mm -hmm. any other go-to's for bio curious kayla yeah so um right now i'm really focusing on sleep hacks in general um, so the number one thing for me, um, for sleep hacks is not only, you know, trying to get eight hours or at least seven hours of sleep, which is funny that we have to call that a biohack now, but really it is yeah. because to live normal, to sleep a normal amount. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, but, but also, um, it's blocking blue light, um, at the end of the day before bed. Um, for me, I don't have an option. I have to be on the, yep, exactly. <laughs> I was going to reach for mine, but they're upstairs. I got it. Yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll keep these on for a minute. Go yeah. on. <laughs> so uh, blocking blue light, both by changing the settings on your phone and your screen um, for people like us and probably everyone in the mastery Academy, it's not an option not to be on your computer until bed. Right. So, um, so the best way is to change the settings on your screen, on both screens, all screens, um, to block out some of that blue light. And then um, you can wear your blue light blockers like Brendan has on right now. Perfect. Bonus points. <laughs> um, so I have actually um, nighttime ones that I wear before bed, um, which are like, they look more like yours where they have like the orange lens. Um, and then I have daytime ones that are actually clear, but they block some of the blue light at work um, at CDC in my office, I'm under fluorescent light and looking at a screen all day. So, um, so that helps with like the eye strain and I don't feel quite as um, like my eyes don't hurt as much by the time I get home. That's great. Um, yeah. It's funny what you said about sleep. Like for, for whatever reason, like I've just always 
made sleep a priority like all throughout my life. Like in high school, everyone's like, I was like, no, I get eight hours of sleep. They're like, oh, wait till you get to college. And I was like, got to college. I was like, nope, eight hours. And then they were like, oh yeah, that's fine. But just wait till you get to law school and went to law school still. So I've always thankfully been very much focused on sleep, but I've, I read studies that say, you know, average American gets something like six hours. And I know people who sleep four or five hours and then they become accustomed to being sleep deprived. And then they say, Oh, I, you know, I read this study and I, I only need five hours of sleep. Or I only need four hours. But I think the studies from what I've seen say that an average, you need about at least seven and a half hours of sleep. Yeah, I think um, what the average person needs at a minimum is like 7.2 is what yeah. the research says right now. Um, but often I don't get that much, even though I know that I need it. Um, so I, there are ways that you can support your biology that um, can um, reduce the amount of damage that you do by getting less sleep. So not only do I try to like, get the highest quality sleep in the short amount of time that I have to sleep, which is really important, which is, you know, doing your blue light blocking. Um, you can also do, you can get like a grounding mat to put on your bed, um, that, um, helps to, um, neutralize your electromagnetic fields in your body, which will also help you to get to sleep faster and not be disturbed when you're sleeping, um, and have more restful sleep. So, so, um, you know, optimizing the time that I am asleep to try to make it the most restful um, and then doing things throughout the day that support my biology in general so that like if I don't get as much sleep, I'm not causing more damage on top of that. So eating right. Also, if I'm if I have a night of like crappy sleep or not that much sleep and you can tell by how you look when you look in the morning, look in the mirror, <laughs> circles under your eyes, like don't go and run 10 miles that day like just don't do it <laughs> <laughs> so take a break go for a walk instead i mean still move your body but just don't don't go and do a hard workout after you haven't even gotten the rest that you need the night before i have a friend well i don't talk to him these days but this guy i went to college with and he was very focused on his physical appearance and he was a big calorie counter. And if he, he would go out and get really drunk and he would like calculate the cal, and then he would go out and have like five slices of pizza and like binge eat. And then the next morning he would wake up after like four hours of sleep hungover, and he would just go and he would run the exact amount of calories that he needed to burn off. And he would like, and he would be like, Oh, I just ran 11 miles. And I'm like, there's no way that this whole package is good for you. No, is that guy still alive? Um, I, I should check. Yeah, you're right. I should, <laughs> I should look into that. Yeah. Oh, man. He's changed his, uh, his routine. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's great advice. And um, just kind of along the lines of like, you know, we were talking about the processed sugar earlier. What are, you know, and, and so obviously like sugar is a big misconception, the fat myth, like, you know, the whole sh low fat, and that's kind of been exposed to some degree. But what do you think is the other, or what do you see as sort of like the biggest mistakes that you see people making and they either come to you or you just see them at work or wherever and they're, they're overweight or they're unhappy and overweight. And it's like, like I don't get it. I'm like trying. I, I, I think I'm eating healthy. Like what mistakes are they making? I would say the number one mistake that we probably are all guilty of is that we practice distracted eating. I bet every single one of us eat either in front of the computer screen or the TV screen or 
you know, um, while you're driving, while you're on the phone, whatever. Um, I bet we all do it 99% of the time. Um, so because of that, you may eat faster. You may not pay attention to what you're eating and you're not, you're certainly not paying attention to what your body's telling you, which is you're full at some point. You don't need any more. So a lot of people overeat because they're just not paying attention to what they're doing when they eat. How many of us also are eating a plate of food and before you even swallow what's in your mouth, you're preparing the next bite. Like I used to do that. I used to eat so fast. I still have to slow myself down because in my family, if you, I had four siblings and if you did not eat fast, you did not get seconds. Exactly. So, <laughs> you were trained to do it. Yeah. So I've always eaten super fast and I probably always overeaten, but since I'm so active, it didn't ever like affect me. Um, but you know, eventually it did catch up to me and I needed to just in the way that I would feel like, I don't like feeling like crap after I eat a meal. Like I want to still have a same level of energy after I eat. And so a lot of people they'll eat a meal and then they immediately crash and they feel like crap and they have to like lounge on the couch for like an hour afterwards just to recover from what they ate. And that's because they've just eaten way too much. And, um, or, or maybe they're eating, I mean, obviously eating the wrong thing. So if you're, if you're eating a, pre-packaged meal or whatever, um, I would say at least, at the very least, look at what the serving size is because I guarantee you, you're eating way more than one serving. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's well said. Um, I was going to ask you, so we're talking about, I still have a lot of questions to ask you. <laughs> this is so helpful. Um, yeah, just thinking about uh, the the mistakes that people are making because obviously like the you know we talked about the sugar earlier i'm just i was thinking also like the sort of what's like socially acceptable and how do you kind of like because like one thing for me actually let me just ask you like what's what's your relationship with alcohol what do you think about alcohol um personally do you drink i'm curious so let's just talk alcohol for a minute yeah um i love it just like everybody (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm personally a beer girl, which for biohacking is like a huge no, no, but it's like the worst, right? All the carbs. Oh yeah. Well that, and it's just, um, the composition of beer itself and, and you know, it's, it's got wheat and, um, other grains is what it's made from. So there you go. Your inflammation once again, but, um, it's got a ton of, it's like the city of a million breweries. And so it's really hard to not drink beer, especially when I love it. But, um, and I'm not a big wine person, never have been. It kind of makes me feel sick. And like booze, just because of my family's history is like scary. So I don't really like to go down that road. But right. um, but in general, I think um, it's the same thing as, you know, um, pizza or pasta or cheese or whatever. Um, I think of eating as a lifestyle and not a diet. So if you put yourself on a diet, I think you're setting yourself up for failure because that is implying that it is temporary and, um, and really the way that you eat and decide to live your life should be a lifestyle and it should be sustainable. So for that, for me, for that to be sustainable, I still need to be able to do some of the things that I enjoy sometimes. So if I want to have a couple of drinks or a couple of beers or whatever, I let myself do that, but also I'm very conscious of what that means. So 
if I decide to have a couple beers and eat pizza with a friend tonight, that's fine. Um, because I know that I'll get back like to my regular eating tomorrow, but also I'm very aware that I'm probably going to pay for that as far as like my mental clarity and the way that I feel for a couple of days. So I weigh the risks. I weigh, I weigh out, you know, what's going to happen and what I'm doing. So it's a social event. I want to, I want to let loose. I want to um, enjoy. And so I'm going to, but also I know what effect it has. So that also keeps me, um, you know, accountable to myself, but it also keeps me to a level that is acceptable for my biology. So I'm not going to have 10 beers tonight and just get hammered um, and then be sick for a week because I cannot afford that, um, you know, yeah. my lifestyle. <laughs> no, that's, that's, you said a lot, of, there's a lot of, within that that is really interesting and and one thing i want to pull out is in my experience of cutting down because i mean i i drink alcohol socially but like yeah. way different like i definitely abused it in college for example in law school like it's rare to see me have even more than two drinks but more than mm-hmm. three like also partially because i'm such a lightweight now that i don't need that many but yeah. But once I, number one, like basically cut out 90 plus percent of my alcohol intake, um, but number two, started eating a lot cleaner. Like when you talk about like sort of eating paleo, like I eat very similar, like mm-hmm. very much like based, like actually plant-based for me, I'm doing meat. It's like very lean, like, you know, organic ideally. So I'm very much like in that camp. And once you cut out so much of the processed sugar, the processed foods in general and the alcohol you develop a sensitivity where if you eat yeah. something processed or you drink a lot of alcohol, you're like, Whoa, what's going on here? I, I don't feel amazing. Right. Yeah. Did you have that experience? Yes. And so I have a similar path as you, of course, like in undergrad, you do like the binge drinking every weekend and then you'd right. feel crap for like three days, but you didn't yeah. know it because that was like your lifestyle. Yeah. You um, think that's normal. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then, like you said, you get into this routine where you're eating really healthy and you're not drinking, you know, barely at all. And so then when you do those things, when you eat a slice of pizza or you have um, too many drinks or even a couple of drinks, if you don't drink at all, um, you notice it, that it affects you in a huge way. And that really is a deterrent to doing it because um, if you need to be productive, it's going to be hard to do that if you're feeling crappy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I really like I, I love that I'm my own filter now and I know that it's not normal and like it's interesting seeing a lot of my friends not a lot because I would say I really surround myself by people who are mostly kind of in the same page as you and me at this point in my life but seeing some of my friends are like oh I'm like so hungover or like oh it's like I just I'm grateful that I don't feel that anymore or if I do it's kind of like a warning like we can pay attention to these signals now and know that this isn't normal for us. Um, but then the other thing that I think is important is like kind of our relationship with ourselves through this process, because I I've seen um, some people, for example, I have coached people with disordered eating and I see that a lot of it is related to like how they feel about themselves. And one thing that I notice is like having a good attitude and mm-hmm. staying like, being, being like, oh, okay, I ate a cheat meal or I did this and not beating yourself up for it. It sounds like when, if you're going to have a few beers, have some pizza, you're aware of it, you're fine with it, and then you get back onto like your normal eating habits going forward. Um, is, is that something like 
that you've just seen in yourself, like kind of good relationship with yourself, not beating yourself up if you're going to go and, and have something kind of delicious or off the menu? Yeah, I think I do like the, uh, I'm basically stick to like a 90% um, like really good, healthy diet, everything I should be eating. And then 10%, whatever the hell I want, because if I don't, then I can't stick to it long-term. Um, so I have to, if I said, if somebody told me today, like you can never ever have a slice of pizza again, I'd be like, screw that. And I would go out and probably eat a whole pizza. <laughs> so, um, but I know that I can have these things whenever I want. And so then it kind of decreases my desire to have them because I know I can still do it whenever. Um, and I'm not going to like cut it out completely. Um, but also like I make a choice of when I do want to do it. And then, yeah, I don't beat myself up for it because I know that I, I do take care of myself 90% of the time. And it, and I also see it as part of self care to allow yourself treats every now and again. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, a lot of times it's social, um, you're eating this way or you're drinking this way because it's social. Nobody really wants to be like the pain in the ass guest at a dinner party where you have to say, Oh, I can't eat anything you're serving. Um, so for me, I'm like, you know what, this is a fun event and I'm just going to eat whatever they're serving because it's good. And it's, and it's social and it's fun and I'll, you know, get back on track tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like why, you know, you eat that way 90% of the time, 95% not like, cause I bet there's some people who go and act that way. Oh, I'm only vegan, gluten-free and they have to turn everything upside down and then they go home and then they like have their craving or their cheat meal. You know? oh, yeah. I actually had a coworker that, um, every time it was like one of our patients at the PT clinic would bring in, um, like treats, um, or, you know, a lot of patients would bring in like cookies or donuts or whatever. And she would always be like, Oh no, no, I can't eat that. I can't eat that. I can't eat that. And then one day, um, walked into the break room where we always like put our leftovers and she was back there mowing down on oh, and whatever else. And it was like, what? I thought you didn't need that stuff. And it was probably because she limited herself so much that she just like ended up binging on it. And she probably did that often, you know, because she, yeah limited herself so much that, you know, she like reached her threshold of being able to handle that and then just like went overboard. Yeah. Yeah. No, one of my former clients had that and it was interesting because I love donuts. I, I can't even tell you the last time I had one, but that's because I allow myself to eat them. Yeah. So it's like, I'm not like, yeah. oh, I need, like, I, I probably haven't had a donut in like two years, which is yeah. now I want to go get one. But um, I remember she would like buy like a big thing, like she would go and buy like five at once and take them all home. And I was like, I've never seen that before. Um, I've only, I would buy one and like eat half or eat the whole thing. But it's interesting. Yeah. And, and it also kind of reminds me of like, I lived in Barcelona, Spain for like four months of college. And mm -hmm all the Americans come in with like our beer funnels and ping pong balls and decks, like all the crazy Americans who are like, and we're not even 21. I was 20 at the time. So it's like when something's not allowed ever, it's like yeah. all we do is obsess over it. Whereas oh. like we'd be at a bar, like taking shots, being rowdy. And then you would have like 
the 17, 18-year-old, like, Spaniards and French people, like, sipping their drinks and being like, these stupid Americans, like, because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, they're allowed to do it, so they find the balance. That's why, like, binge drinking is such a huge problem in America, much more than these other countries. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and it's really just that principle of if you completely, like, starve yourself of something, you're going to want it more than you would if you just allow yourself to have it exactly exactly cool ready for the rapid round yes all right these are not on the list i sent you in advance so you're on your toes what is your favorite dinosaur dessert and city in the world dinosaur okay i like t-rex um mostly because his little arms are kind of cute yeah Yeah. okay Um, uh what was the second one uh dessert oh cheesecake oh my god I love okay. cheese and I don't really eat dairy in general, but, um, if I'm going to eat dairy or if I'm going to eat dessert, it's definitely going to be cheesecake. I don't like regular cake. And, um, and also one tidbit is that if you're eat sugar, um, it's really good to pair it with protein because protein binds to sugar and it won't store as fat as much. Ooh, that's a yeah. good pull quote. That's a good, that's, that's for the show notes right there. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. So if you're going to eat, show, so what's an example of that? Like what's an example of doing it the wrong way and then doing it the right way that, with that? Yeah. So let's say the wrong way would be eating a donut and that's all you eat. Um, After I just confess my love to donuts. Yeah. <laughs> and right way would be um, maybe go ahead and eat your donut, but also eat a handful of almonds afterwards or with it. Right. Okay. So pairing... Pairing protein with sugar. That's great. Um, and and then, if you're eating, um, you know, protein with it, you might eat less of the sugary thing. So if you ate your handful of almonds first, then you eat your donut, then you probably won't eat the whole donut. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I like to do that sometimes. Like if I'm starving and I'm like about to order food from like delivery, the first mm-hmm. thing I'll do is like, I'll finish my salad in the fridge or like have a snack like that, like almonds. And then you wash it down with a big thing of water and you're like, all right, I'm going to order something like more reasonable now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. And favorite city in the world. Ooh. Um, so I think in general, my favorite place in the world is the Amalfi coast. Yeah. Uh, which is just like the most gorgeous place I've ever been to in my life. I've only been there once, but I've, I've been all around the world. Um, I travel for work. Um, and I've been everywhere and that is the most gorgeous place. That's awesome. I actually haven't been there yet. I've been to Italy a couple times but oh. on, on the list. Yeah, cool. So uh, what else? Um, we were going to do, let's do a takeaway. Like if you could leave listeners, watchers with like one thing, change the world, Kayla, like give them some wisdom to go and go home and do what's their homework or takeaway. Um, okay. So I think we've talked a lot about nutrition today and that's really a huge part of my passion. So I think if people change one thing in their routine, one thing in their lives, they want to try one biohack, um, cut out sugar from your diet. If you're going to eat sugar, um, eat some good, don't eat as much, but eat good quality, um, and good sources of sugar, which are few, but like raw honey is better choice. Um, 
uh, like pure maple syrup, still not great, but a lot better than like regular white sugar. Um, so just, I guess in general, um, be conscious of what you're eating, like pay attention to what you're eating, pay attention to how much you're eating and also pay attention to your body, what it's telling you. If it's telling you, if you're feeling crappy after you eat, it's telling you, you need to take a look at what you're eating. Um, and if you're, um, like if you're feeling overstuffed after you eat, then you didn't listen to your body when it told you that you were done. Yeah. And, and slowing down like uh, yeah. Harabachi Boo, the Japanese thing, eat, eat until you're 80% full. Yeah. Stop. If you're still starving or hungry, you can eat, but just slow down. And then the other thing I think might be helpful to listeners is like, you know, you, you talk a lot about the importance of cutting out the processed sugar, but it's mm -hmm. interesting because then I said, what's an example? And you were like, yogurt. And so, you know, someone could go to the grocery store and get like a good like Greek yogurt and think that's really healthy, but not realize there's 20 grams of added sugar in it. Yes. So I would just layer on top of that, look at the labels when you're shopping. Look at the oh. sugar, yeah. Yeah, I probably spend um, maybe like a half an hour longer than the average person in the store because I read the label on everything. Yeah. And so I will pick up five things and compare all the labels and pick the one that like, my very first thing I look at is sugar content. Whatever yeah. With sugar content, I normally go with that one. If there's a couple that have low sugar content, then I look at other things like what is the um, protein content or things like that. So, yeah, yeah, no, that's really smart. And, and it's like just to give the listeners to get like a little bit more info, like for example, like smoothies, which can be really healthy, like a fresh smoothie versus mm -hmm. a prepackaged Adwala smoothie could have like over 50 grams of sugar in it. Yes. Also pay attention to serving sizes because one of yeah. those is two servings. So two it's servings, yeah. Some sugar. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're usually like, it's like usually like 26, 27 grams. Okay. Yeah. You have to double it. You're like, okay, 50 grams of sugar. And then, so I was going to say, like you said, dairy cereal is like really like, I don't really eat cereal. I shifted more to like, don't, yeah, don't. Just, just don't even eat cereal. Yeah. I, like the whole, the whole idea of like sitting down and having like, milk and cereal is just like versus like what we now know today um also as i say like granola bars and snack bars can have a ton of processed sugar so yeah um for me um and because i know how it affects me i don't eat grains at all so no like no wheat no oats no i don't even eat quinoa because it's a grain and um in general it causes inflammation in your intestines um, for most people. And so it's just a better idea not to. Um, yeah. But if you eat grains and it doesn't have any effect on you at all, and you know that, then fine, but just get like good quality. Yeah. No, I'm really glad you said that because it was funny when I first um, started to really get serious about health and wellness, I was in New York City. I went to my gym and there was a guy set up and he's like, hey, I'm taking readings and tests for like intracellular water density and this and that. And I'm, I'm like kind of a nerd and I was, I'm always into health and wellness. So I was like, sure. So he runs all my tests and some are fine and some are like way off the chart bad. And I'm like, all right, I'll make an appointment with you. He's a, he was a holistic healer, chiropractor and nutritionist. Mm -hmm. And, and I go in and the first day and he's like, Oh, what do you eat, Brendan? I was like, Oh, you know, I eat like really healthy, like all like low fat, like granola bars, special K, <laughs> like milk. And, and he's like, Oh my God. And, for me, that was my first introduction to like plant-based and uh, 
or and paleo. He put me on actually restricted paleo for a month, which was amazing. Um, it was hard, but it was it was worth it. And I just realized, like learning from him, like you said, like how much processed sugar is just all these things that are marketed as like healthy. Like yeah. the, the industry is crazy. So thank you so much for sharing this message. Yeah, um, and and in general, for people, if you're like if you are confused and you don't know what diet to follow or where to start or what things to cut out or, um, you know, that sort of thing. And I really, there is no one size fits all. So I don't, um, I don't condone anybody just what the next guy says is, is good. What I would um, suggest is if you can, and if you can afford it, work with your functional doctor, functional medicine doctor to figure out like what foods are going to be good for you. And you can actually do like DNA tests that tell you, thresholds of different foods so it'll tell you like not only what foods you shouldn't eat because it's going to be bad for your biology but um also like how much of each type of food you should eat um so you can do that but if you don't want to do that um and a lot of people don't have money for that then what you want to do is an elimination diet so go down for you know like a week go down to the bare minimum um and just the basic so eat everything, whole foods, natural, organic, um, like nothing processed, no wheat, no dairy, um, nothing, just cut out everything, do it for, you know, a little while, a few days. Um, and then one at a time, add things back in. And if you add in something and you have a bad reaction, then you know that that thing is probably not going to be good for you or that you should limit that thing. Um, so for me, that was definitely grains. Like I would get, um, a lot of fatigue and like mental fog from eating grains. And then I learned everything about it and, um, and how most people have that inflammation reaction to it. And I was like, Oh, okay, that makes sense. Um, but just, um, if you, if you really want to test out which things, um, you should and shouldn't eat for you specifically, um, either an elimination diet or getting like a, a DNA test. Nice. Two amazing yeah. recommendations. I'm in the kitchen with Kayla Osterhoff. <laughs> awesome interview. I have this year because I was recording some food stuff. I got food rules, Michael Pollan. And uh, wow, this is amazing. I had no idea we'd run full hour, come yeah. soup to nuts, everywhere, and everywhere in between. No pun intended. Yes. Um, so I think we called out your IG earlier, but just in general, how can people find you, hear more, learn more about uh, all the cool stuff you're up to? Yeah, um, the best place is Instagram. Um, again, it's uh, biocurious underscore Kayla. Um, that's the best place to find me. Also, the link to my website is there. And for any runner friends out there, um, or if you know people who are runners, um, send them to my page because right now I'm doing a giveaway for some free um, trail running shoes from La Sportiva, which are awesome. And um, and so if you are interested in um, winning those, go to my page and check it out. Go to my page and check it out. Go to my page and check it out. Go to my page and check it out.